So today we have the opportunity of chatting with licensed realtor, Jaslyn Bing. With over eight years of experience in the industry, Jaslyn has played a pivotal role in helping numerous families achieve the dream of home ownership. Her dedication extends beyond individual transactions as she collaborates with various organizations to assist buyers in their journey towards securing their homes. Jaslyn has won the 20 Under 40 Award for being one of the top 20 realtors in Central Florida under the age of 40. Jasmine cares about her community and support local charities with donation and currently is building affordable townhomes in her community. We hope you enjoy this podcast. bachelor or bachelorette or golden bachelor or paradise we are about to talk um we're gonna talk about real estate we're gonna talk everything that you need to know about buying a home we have jaslyn bing as you have heard before we already gave the (laughs) intro Um, know a little bit about her background and what she um do for work and how she got started in real estate we're going to ask, you know, some of those important questions that people need to know. I yes. certainly did not know mm-hmm. these questions before starting my house buying process. It was very stressful. Um, my husband, you know, he does do real estate, but it was just stressful for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I did not know it was that crazy. Yep. Um, so we're just so blessed and happy to have you on the podcast to kind of like you. share knowledge. Yes, I'm yeah. so excited. I'm so excited. Every time I see a young lady doing her thing and, you know, she's just thriving, I'm just all for it. I'm so happy yeah. to have you here because yeah. I know you're going to share some great gems with our audience yeah. about, you know, what they need to know about it. Because I know Nana, I can attest to the stressful <laughs> stressful process. I think everybody, no, because I did it first. It's funny because I bought my home first and then it was her. And I told her, like, she could, she knows it's a stressful process. And it's, she, it's like you don't get it until you go through the process yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. other than yeah. that, if you have your stuff and you have a good realtor, Things will work out, work itself out in God, of course, because yeah. only yeah. Jesus can make it go all the way through. <laughs> Some of those yeah. deals do get carried by Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, literally. But Jasmine, um, we're happy to have you, but you want to tell I'm the people a little about yourself and how did you get started with real estate and what motivated you to get into that? career path? Well, I just, I just saw it growing up. It was a somewhat of a family business for me. So it just kind of, I just naturally flowed into it, naturally flowed into it. I love it. I have a passion for it. I really love 
helping people. Um, and that's why I specifically work with home first time home buyers. And I do work with, you know, second, third time buyers as well. But um my niche is first time home buyers because it just gives you a a different feeling, you know, helping the average everyday person achieve, you know, a dream, achieve a goal. You know, most people have goals of home ownership since they were kids or maybe they're the first person in their in their family to own a home. So it is it's a little bit more special that way. Yeah. So I absolutely love it. Yeah, I first met you through Bruno. Um so for those of you who doesn't know, um, Bruno used to work for your father and he started, <laughs> yes, he, the best boss. He always talks about Mr. Rain. <laughs> Literally. They love family. Bruno. I know. And, and he, we love, we love your entire family. <laughs> like They're so great. So Bruno started working um, for your father and doing real estate. I met you at one of those Christmas parties. Oh um, yeah, those, yeah. Those, re, those Remax Christmas uh-huh. and I'm, I was always there for the food because as a yeah. student, I'm like and the open bar. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now, now you like, drink, you uh, be drinking up in this. I was drinking. It was. Hot. I'm like, yes, yeah, sign me up. I'm coming. <laughs> so I met you there, and just seeing your passion for real estate. Um, I know with real estate, it's very stressful because like the whole process, sometimes, you know, it doesn't go as smooth as you would thought it would, even though you have everything in order, like a job, Mm -hmm. you have the money, but for some reason, the process doesn't always go as smooth for some people. Can you kind of like walk us through the process of like, when you like, let's say I want to buy a house, what are like the first things that I need to prepare myself for mm-hmm. in order to kind of like get myself ready to purchase a home for those who's like in the process since that's what you kind of like specialize in? Yeah. So if you were to pick up the phone and call me today, and be like, hey, Jazz, I want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would do is I would ask you, have you done anything? Have you spoken with a lender? Have you taken a class? You know, anything at all. That kind of gives me an idea of where you are in your process. Mm-hmm. Then I'll ask you, you know, a couple questions, your credit, your income, kind of see where you're at. And especially now with homes being, you know, priced higher, interest rates higher. So affordability has gone way down. Um, I, I do have that honest conversation with people up front. You know, if you call me and you tell me, hey, I'm making 15 an hour. I got a, you know, $700 car payment, you know, credit scores, low six, you know, 500s. I'll let you know, okay, well, you need to do some work. One of the main things you need to do is increase your income because you can have an 800 credit score, you know, and you still wouldn't be able to buy a house, you know, if you have low income and, um, you know, heavy debts on you. So that's the first thing. But I usually recommend people to take a first time home buyers class. And when I say first time home buyers class, I'm not talking about, oh, a realtor posted, they're having a class, you know, from Saturday, from 12 to 1, like, no, that is just to get your business. You want to take a HUD-approved class mm-hmm. by a local organization. You know, every area has local organizations that put on put these classes on. Um, they're typically free. They are a couple hours, somewhere between five to seven-ish hours. So, but... Mm-hmm. 
Um, they give you so much information, so much knowledge. You'll have a realtor, a lender, um, a title company, the home inspector, insurance agent. They're talking about credit. Uh, just so many people in one space. So you're going to get a lot of knowledge, a lot of information in such a short period of time. And anyone that takes that class, they come out and they be like, okay, they're so much better informed. They really know a lot. So as I'm speaking on things during the process, they're like, oh, okay, so we can do this. Or, you know, um, you know, I learned about this. Or so next we're going to do the insurance. So they're a lot more educated on the process, uh, which really helps you as the buyer. Okay, nice. So I heard you, you know, like you were mentioning um, that, you know, you will give, you will let them know that they need to take the class. Now, I know that for when I was by my home, like they wanted us to take that class. But I wonder if my realtor told me to take that class. But what if somebody doesn't get to take the class? Now, what are some of the practical things that they will need to ask their realtor and do my, do I need to pay my realtor? For, do pe Some people think they have to pay a realtor to get, you know, before they start the process. And some people, they just go right in and try to do it by themselves because they think they have to pay a realtor. Give us a little more yeah. detail about that because I know that sounds like a dumb question, <laughs> but you'll be very not, surprised of what not. people think. One of the first things people do is start driving around calling on signs. They have not spoken to a lender. They have not spoken to a real estate agent. They're just calling around, driving on signs. One, or calling on signs. One, because they don't know what to do. They don't know who to call, who to trust. Um, so they, they don't know where to start. So the most obvious place would be is when you see a house in the area you want, call. You know, see what's going on. Um, but also, people, they will usually go into their local bank. They're mm. big bank, you know, who they got their debit cards with. I, you know, I don't talk trash about no business, but I do tend to steer my clients away from the bigger banks. Okay. Um, you don't, you do not get the same level of service. You just absolutely do not. Those big banks, when those, because you got to think those people in there, they're salaried. Mm. They're salaried. They're working Monday through Friday, nine to five. So every now and then you'll find a lender that works, you know, after hours, a little bit here and there. But usually they're not as involved in your process because they're getting paid anyway, either way, versus when you work with um, brokerages, they get paid per deal. So they are fighting for your deal. They are doing what they have to do to make sure your deal closes. Mm -hmm. Also, they have more options. So the thing about brokerages is they, when you go to them to, you know, apply for a loan, um, they're going to look at everything you have going on. They're going to say, okay, she would qualify for these different options mm -hmm. because they sell your loan after the fact. So they have more mm -hmm. options for you versus if you go straight into big bank, big box bank, this, this is what it is. If you do not fit into this box, we yeah. can't help you. We can't do anything for you. Their red tape is strict. If one little thing happens throughout the process, oh, yeah. there's absolutely nothing you can do, yeah. you know, versus our lenders. And, and Bruno knows this. <laughs> one of our crazy lenders, Maurice, he, I don't, he does crazy stuff to get our deals done. He done. finds a way every single time. And those yeah. are the people you want working for you. So as okay. you're getting your process started, you have to think as if you're building your dream team. Yeah. You want people that are fighting for you, that are honest with you, that know mm. what they're doing, mm. 
they know all the different options available and that's what's going to help you throughout your process yes and i can attest to that maurice is literally the goat like we had to call my dog up like hey really? this is what they're telling us mm-hmm. what can we do and he literally found a solution for everything like i'm mm-hmm. like this guy yeah. you really need him because I'm not gonna lie to you, but the white man is like, sorry, there's nothing we can do to, for you. Like they always say that. And I have horror stories. It's not really true. So you just literally have to find the right person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I realized how important it is to find the right person in real it estate mm-hmm. to like help the deal go through because not everyone is actually like advocating for you, like you said. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. Nice. It is so again. That's because they they're getting paid anyway. Their paycheck's going to be the same. So whether you close or not, you know, and you and you, I don't know if you guys saw, but recently, uh, Navy Federal, I can say it because it's on the news. Navy Federal make it harder. And you know, they're coming back saying, "Oh no, it's you know, you guys said it wrong. They didn't deny that they denied certain people. Yeah, but you you all did. They had a very and I've I've had that experience with another bank." Had a client go through, and they had absolutely no reason not to approve this client. Mind you, I've at this time, I've been doing this for eight years. So wow. they had no reason not to approve this client. They just did not like the fact. There's just certain things that they, they did not like about it. But you can't yeah. approve. You can't deny someone Yeah. just because, you you know, how are you building this house for, for such low cost? Oh that's God. that that that's not a reason to deny them and they technically never denied my client we just never heard from them again in the middle of their uh, process never heard from them again and that's the so big they bank dropped them they my client them. lost their money they lost their money they lost their money that is hard and i got extension after extension but i will say that I I let my client know up front. I'm like, this is my recommendation. Because I'm always going to give my recommendation. I'm right. always going to give my honest mm-hmm. opinion. This is my recommendation. This is someone I've worked with. I've known people to work with. I trust them because this is not the, the typical process that they were doing. Yeah. Or a typical transaction that they were doing. Um, but they elected to go with, you know, who they banked with. Which is, again, your choice. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, big it. banks do what they do. That is so sad. Now, like for people who might say, you know, right now the interest rates are really high. You know, we get it. The market is kind of really, really, really cuckoo right now. What advice would you kind of give someone who wants to kind of wait before buying? Because I know that people say, you know, buying a house, point blank, is an investment. Everybody see it as good. But sometimes they don't know that preparation does matter. If you have a whole bunch of debt, Buying a house can just put you in so much more trouble than you realize. Yes. So what are some advice that you can, you know, give somebody that might want to start? What is like the first thing? Because I know credit score is a huge thing. That is a, you know, important thing. How do they go about getting ready for that to know how much house they can afford? And if you can, sorry, (laughs) touch you all, but if you can touch on the two kind of loans with the credit score. Yes. that okay. I did not even know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 And and again, see all these questions you guys are asking. These are the everyday questions we get from people, mm-hmm. and these are questions that will be answered in those first time home buyers classes. So this is why it's so important to take those classes. But to answer these questions, um, when people are preparing, um, of course I tell them to try to minimize your debts. So depending on your time frame, you have to know when are you looking to move. 
Like when, what, what's your time frame to move? When do you need to be in this house? Do not wait until your lease is almost up to start the process. That's the worst time. You need to start the process when you sign that lease because you don't know what your situation is. You don't know what it's going to take to qualify. You know, you may say, oh, well, all these student loans, oh, they're going to be forgiven. If they are not forgiven, they're still counting them. (laughs) So you want to, as soon as possible, and when you guys follow my IG, I always say, if you're looking at buying a home in the next two years, call me. Mm. In the next two years, call me. And I had people call me two years ago. Okay, thank you, Miss Bean. I'm going to get to work on it. They call me back a year or two later. Hey, I'm ready. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. let's do it. And they are yeah. in the best situation possible. So of course, yeah. trying to eliminate all your debts. Um, and that's not necessarily anything you have to do to qualify for a house. Yes, it will affect how much you qualify for, but you don't want to be house poor. You don't want to make you know five thousand a month and twenty five hundred is going towards all these expenses between your house and your car payment and X Y Z. Because you don't really have much money left over for those everyday expenses. Groceries alone is <laughs> out the game. It's crazy. Mm. Car insurance. I just renewed my car insurance. It's crazy. Now, everything else is so expensive. So you don't want to be house poor. So whatever you can, whatever you can do to eliminate some of your other debts, definitely do those. Now, when it comes to credit score. With FHA, um, they have programs even as low as 550 credit. Now, you don't really want to be that low because, for one, horrible rates, and you're going to have to put a lot of money down. Okay, same thing with 580. You can buy, you know, they have other programs a little bit better at the 580. Still, you're going to have to put a lot of money down. Um, It's going to be more expensive for you to buy that home. But the standard um, price point you want to be at, or not price point, the standard uh, credit score you want to be at is about a 620-ish to a 640. 40 for FHA. And the reason why I say those is because that's when you'll start to see a lot of the first time home buyer programs come into play. So here and I'm in Orlando. So here in Orange County, we have a program called a SHIP program. It's an amazing program. Um, they're giving up to 45,000. It's forgivable after 10 years. So it's a really good program. Their old credit score requirement was a 640. It's now a 620. Mm. Okay, so if you have a 620 and you're within certain income limits, you could possibly qualify for that down payment assistance programs. Now, conventional loans, you usually have to have about a 660 to kind of get things going. Yes, there are other options, but you want at least a 660 to get things going. And for those people that are saying, oh, well, I don't want to buy a house until I have an 800 credit score. Once you hit that 740 it's pretty okay. much the same thing all the way up, all the way up. Cause they have these different tiers when they go to score you or when they go to, you know, pick your interest rate, they have like tiers. So once you hit that 740, it's pretty much the same from there all the way up to the 800. So for those people that are, you know, gotta wait till you get to the 800. Now, if it's a mm-hmm. personal goal, of course, fine. But if you're trying to be strategic about it, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. So what is the lowest you would say your credit score can be to buy a house? Like for those, like, you know, whatever they do. If you have a lot of money, if you have a lot of money, you can have a 550. 550 But if you want FHA three and a half percent down, 
um, you really want to be floating at least at around 620. 620. And again, you can go lower, um, but that 620 spot is really where you need to be. I, I wanted to ask, sorry, Nana. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, I wanted to ask. So, on your based based on your personal opinion, do you think um, which one which loan do you think is better um, in terms of FHA for a first time buyer? Do you feel like FHA, F, you guys, FHA <laughs> or the conventional um, loan? It fluctuates. Which one, okay, which one do you could? I guess you would suggest. So it the reason why I say it fluctuates is lately is because of interest rates. So for the past months on end, FHA hands down has just given the better options. Better it will give you the better monthly payment, which is most people concerned. It will give you the best monthly payment if you can if you really compare it to. Now it's kind of swapped. Conventional has gotten a lot better. Okay. Now the one of the main differences between conventional and FHA, um, FHA has tighter restrictions. So when the appraiser comes out, they're going to be a lot pickier on that home. They want certain things, you know, certain conditions for that home. Um, conventional, not so much. Also, there's something that's called um, PMI. That is um, private mortgage insurance. It can also be called MIP, mortgage insurance. Uh, no, that's something different. But anyways, mortgage insurance on conventional, it drops off once you hit about 78 to 80% loan to value. Okay? So if your um, PMI is, let's say, 150 a month, um, after can you, you hit... Sorry, can you kind of tell us what PMI is for those who don't I'm sorry, know? that's private mortgage insurance. So what okay. PMI is, is based, I mean, it's literally mortgage insurance. So as you all, well, you, um, y'all might be old enough to know, back in the 08 crash, the market crash, 08, yeah. 09, yeah. the market crash, it really like threw all these um, lenders for, it, it. everything went crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So... In the event, say if you have an FHA loan, in the event you default on that loan, mm-hmm. that mortgage insurance is basically paying out that loan. Now, you you still foreclosing, losing your house, your credit's getting shot. But on the back end, for those that own the loan, they're protected. So they want mortgage insurance on your loan. So you're paying that mortgage insurance. So on FHA, because of the type of loan it is, it's on there for the life of the loan versus conventional. Once you pay that house down a certain amount, you're not considered as risky anymore. So that's why um, you may hear when way back when the standard was to put 20% down on the home, that was, that's where they get the, uh, that 80% LTV at. So if you were to put 20% down on your home, you would not have any mortgage insurance if you have a conventional loan. Mm. Because if prices drop, you know, if you ruin the house and, you know, now it's worth less, mm-hmm. they still have that wiggle room to make their money back on that house. Oh, okay. So with so the- that's why they want to see it at that 80% LTV. So they got wiggle room in the event you ruin the house or prices come down a little bit, they can still get their full investment back. Okay. So with conventional, it sounds like it's, better in a way because you don't have to in, pay that mortgage insurance right after so long term yes long term yes uh as of 
when it was like last week I had some numbers ran. Um, payments were better with conventional. Conventional rates were a little bit better. Um, and that particular client, um, great credit scores that will affect your monthly payment as well. Um, she had low mortgage insurance payment on that home. So conventional was a better option for her at that time. That but if she were a client that did not have as much money to put down, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe credit scores weren't that great. FHA may have been a better option for her. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's important to know your lender and have a lender that actually is taking the time to work with you. Mm-hmm. Because when you're going to get pre-approved for a loan or, you know, pre-approved, um, to start looking at how does you don't have to make that decision right then and there. Right then and there, yeah. You have to yeah, shop you don't have to. Now it is better to have conventional listed on your pre approval, even if you end up going FHA. Mm. It's better to have conventional listed on your pre approval because sellers do prefer conventional over FHA because again, FHA appraisers are a lot pickier. pickier. So it may be more work on the seller. I just had a seller had to fix some wood rod and do a couple things on the In a way, wouldn't that be good? Because then you need to make sure your house is actually good before you get in it. And if you're... It, yes and no. Um, So this house I'm speaking on, it was little bit of wood right here and, there, and really they just had a picky appraiser oh, and so even okay. if they bought that home in that condition it was still a very very good home good because home. Okay. no matter whether you buy a brand new house or a house 15 20 years old you're oh, gonna have gonna to be. get in there and you're gonna be doing stuff yeah my house is five years four years old and I've, i just saw something today i gotta fix <laughs> so you're always gonna have to fix okay. something on the home but when it comes to um, submitting offers and competing against other offers, the seller's going to pick who's giving them the highest net. Mm-hmm. And if you have an FHA and a conventional, same term, same price, everything's sitting in front of you, they're going to pick that conventional because, again, it's potentially less work for them. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in, in, in regards to your question on, like, the condition of the home, you'll still have a home inspection prior to even getting an appraisal. That's what we're going so to get So you as mm-hmm. the buyer will order a home inspector. Your agent will assist you to order mm-hmm. the home inspection. So you'll see what's going on with the house. And if there's anything major, that's your chance to leave speaking of that actually um should do you recommend people to get in inspection within six months after or just that first time you know inspection before they get into the home um i mean just the first time getting into the home well while they're under that you know under contract contract. those first couple Mm -hmm. days yeah um i don't really know too much about getting the inspection done after The fact, I mean, if you want to perfect your home, then of course, (laughs) but most people are already overwhelmed with trying to buy furniture, trying to change this, redo the paint, do for hang TVs, you know, know. you don't want to get an inspection and then be like, oh no, this is wrong with my house. All it does is create more stress. More stress. It's like going to the doctors when you don't need it. Like, I don't want to know something (laughs) right. If I feel okay. If I look okay, I heard people say to do it twice, like, and I, I was like, know. "Is that a thing?" <laughs> people was like, "You should do it twice," and I'm like, "What? Why would I do it twice?" But I don't know. I'm glad to hear that it's not a. I mean, yeah, that's a that's that's kind of a first. Maybe again, um, you are out of state, so other states when they have different, you know, geography and different things that's going on, true. they they do operate differently. But okay. I know here in Florida, um, I haven't seen that. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Um, I do want to like go on. Like, uh, let's 
go over a scenario pretty much. So that okay. I can actually help people. Let's say I make mm, 50K a year and I want to buy a home. <laughs> I know it's really bad. No, this is just, <laughs> there are a lot of people who literally just only make that. Yeah. Um, let's say you make 50K and your partner make 30. Okay. Right? <laughs> you like, now we're talking. Okay, we got something to work with now. It, that's so work. unfortunate. <laughs> but that's a conversation yeah. for another day. But it's so unfortunate. Yeah. These prices and rates, a lot of it's, people have been priced out the market and it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, exactly. So, and you want to, okay, what home would you say someone who's within that range, like, what kind of loan they would be approved for, I would say? Like that's about 80K a year. Yeah, that's about, yeah, 80K. So what I'm going like, to what do. Is, what is their price range? Because, you know, some people like to be like, what would I be qualified for? Because I see those yes. home, and I'm like, I want this home. Mm-hmm. But really, you cannot afford yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, because like, sometimes they, can, uh, they think because they get approved that they can afford it. Yes. Or, 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 or they're saying, well, I pay, you know, 2,500 a month in rent Mm -hmm. so I can afford a house that's 2,500, but those are different, different things. When these Mm -hmm. people, when you are committing for 30 years, Mm -hmm. so look at, look at it as if, if you had a million dollars in the bank and somebody's like, Hey, can you loan me money for a house? Are you going to just give it to them? No, absolutely. I want to see what you make, what you got going on, what what your exactly. debts are, your credit score. Are you trustworthy? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to do your research. So that's the same thing the bank's doing. So we're going to take $80,000 a year. We're going to do a little bit of funky math, okay? Mm-hmm. So $80,000 a year, and we're going to divide that by 12, and that's for 12 months. We want to see what your monthly take-home is. So when we divide that by 12, that gives us an oh, ugly number, 6,666, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. So now, depending on your loan type, FHA, conventional, um, they have what's called a max debt-to-income ratio. Um, we, on average, just will use 50% just to keep things kind of easy, so if we're going to take 50% of your monthly take home, okay, they have to use monthly because that's what that's, you know, you're making the payments monthly. So 50% of your monthly take home is now 3,333. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you, do you have any car payments? Do you have any student loans? Do you have any heavy debts? Yes, we have okay. all of those. <laughs> what, what, what do you have? I'm just helping the audience. This is not okay. So let's say if you have a $500 car payment, okay. So now we have that 50%. So now we're going to start uh, deducting numbers from the 50% because that lender, when they say that your max debt to income ratio, that's Mm -hmm. DTI, your max DTI is 50%. That means they don't want to see you having any more debt than that 50% mark. Because again, that other 50%, you have to use that to live off of groceries, gas, you know, light bill, power bill, everything. So your max is 50. So we're going to take that $500 car payment out of this 3,333. So when we take 500 out of that, it now leaves us $2,800. So this 28 would be the, the amount of money you'd have left for that mortgage. 
Now, if you have any heavy student loans, heavy, you know, payday loans or whatever other type of loans, you would have to include those as well. But this $2,800 is that max. And right now, $2,800 gets you about, hmm, let's see. $2,800 is probably right under $400,000. It may be about $375-ish. And again, uh, it may be closer, you know, a little bit higher now that rates have gone rates. down this mm-hmm. past couple weeks. Um, but you'd be looking at that 375 kind of range, give or take. Okay. But the home that I want to buy, it's about 500 K. So what do I do? Keep looking. At home? <laughs> Keep looking. Now, what can you do to what get in I that do? home? You can yeah. get rid of that car payment. Yeah. Now we're back at 3,300. That still yeah. does not get you. Raise your income. 500. But you would have to make more money. Um, You know, some people do get co-signers. Co-signers are kind of tricky because they are... It's one thing if your parents co-sign your home. You know, that's somewhat normal. I know back in the day that was normal. That's normal. Um, Sometimes siblings will. But a lot of times these days, people don't want to get that involved and that committed. You know, if someone were to ask me to co-sign on their home, I'd be looking at them crazy. Like, because I am on the hook for 30 years... For this house. Yes. Same um, thing with cars. And that's why we tell people don't co-sign on cars. Mm-hmm. Would, would they allow you to bring in that cash? Yes, you can bring in the cash difference. Yes. Okay. okay. So, you okay. can bring in the cash difference. So, so if you have the cash saved, you can do it. Yeah. The cash must be saved in your bank. Okay. For at least three months. There you go. At least three months. They call that seasoned money. Reason being is because when you go to underwriting, that lender, your your lender that you speak with every day, they're just basically that that front desk person for you. They're Mm -hmm. packaging everything up for you. Mm -hmm. But the underwriter is who's who's making the decisions. Mm -hmm. So when they see that bank and if they see a $100,000 cash deposit, you know, two weeks ago, where did it come from? Did you borrow this money from someone? <laughs> now they're concerned. Are you going to pay us monthly? Or are you going to pay that $100,000 back? Mm-hmm. So they don't want to see that. But if that was in, we're in December now. If you deposit that money in, in June and they're only asking for two to three months bank statements, they don't see that it was deposited then. Yeah. That's that's no longer their concern because your statements you've turned in, that money's already been there. So for those that have money under the mattress, money in shoeboxes, you got your grandma, your money in grandma's account, mm. you want that money with you, okay, with you. Now, grandma could be uh, what we call a gift funds. Mm-hmm. So grandma can gift you the funds, but then they're going to want to see grandma's bank account statements too. Mm-hmm. Depending on your loan, they're going to want to see grandma's bank, estate, uh, bank account statements too. So... Um, this is why you need to, in advance, talk with the real estate agent. Don't wait until you're ready to buy a house today. Talk to them to in advance to learn all these things so they can prepare you. So when you are ready, mm-hmm. you're ready to go. Sounds good. So I do hear that a lot of people like to switch job where millennials, you know, once we don't like something, we move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, a lot of my circles still are doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we recently you know, spoke about that. Mm-hmm. So I do know that 
some people, they say that it's important to stay in a job for two years or within that field that you're working yes. in for two years before you buy a house. Can you speak on that? Like, what is, is it really true? What is the process like? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. So yeah. you, you have a couple exceptions. One um, main exception is school. So say if you are, you've been in school for nursing the past how many ever years, um, June, you graduated, you got your job in July, you can buy a house two months after that. Okay. Because they will count that schooling as work essentially. Mm. So what they're going to ask for is that offer letter from your job. And especially because nursing, nursing, teaching, those are some of the most stable careers you could ever have. Like, (laughs) unless you do something, you will always have a job in nursing and teaching. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're in school, they will kind of look at that as some somewhat of a work history and they will just use the income that you've been making um, for the past two, three months um, as your income. Grad school as well, any school. Yes, 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 yes. What about like a certification class, not an actual school? Like, let's say you were training for, I don't know what they call those. It's not actual school, but it's like. Electrician, maybe like a technician or something. That is a lender question. That's a good question, but that's a lender question. Um, That's a lender question. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a lender question. Yeah. Now for those people that like to job hop, okay, um, it's it's okay to an extent. Okay. Um, let's say if you work in, let's say HR. Okay, so you've went from one company in 2021, 2022, you moved to another company, 2023, another one. Um, they as long as they're seeing a pay increase, that's the easiest way to justify that. If they can show, if you can show, hey, I was making 60 there, 70 last year, now I'm making 80, they're going to say, oh, cool. Like, mm-hmm. who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. You know, but if it's the same income and you're just hopping, hopping around, that's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. I can't say whether they would approve or deny you, mm-hmm. uh, but it's cause for a red flag and rightfully so. You know, why are you why you can't keep a job <laughs> that, that makes them scared. Why can't, why, why, why can't you keep a job? Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, it's not that they'll automatically deny you for it, but they will ask questions and you will probably be writing letters of explanation for that. Okay. What, Cause I heard that if you're working within the same field, it doesn't really matter if you job hop. And, that, and that's true, but again, to an extent. To an so extent, because you... I know I, 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 well, I know somebody who actually was trying to get a home, and they've been working as a nurse for God knows what forever. They moved to a different state, and their lender still gave them problem and was questioning them, even though they were making a lot more money. But oh, no. they, they, the lender was still like giving them a hard time. It's like, oh, okay, why did you move? Or why did it's like it was just still like so. It, it really is it true? Like, is it feels like it depends on the lender? Sometimes that was a, you... that was a a crazy underwriter. That that's what that was. And I okay. just had somewhat of a similar experience. They just wanted to know why they were moving. You know why why they were making that particular move. Um, and again, that's, it's not it's grounds the for same denying. career though. It's they didn't, now, they didn't go people, with them. Though. I don't understand that. They didn't go for with yours, the lender. I don't understand that. They moved states and they made more money. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I 
any lenders that I've worked with, um, I don't think that they would have ever questioned that. Yeah. I, I know the scenario. Basically, they move, let's say they move to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, they were working in Orlando and then they want to buy a house in Miami. So mm-hmm. No, a different home. state. No, not, not a different state. Let's say they want to buy a house in Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, from what what would be like the transition? Are they okay with you living in Orlando and wanting to buy a house in Texas? You it gets right? it gets tricky. It gets tricky because now they're going to want to see, okay, if you're buying this house as a primary residence, okay, because that makes all the difference. Is this a primary residence or not? Because primary, mm-hmm. that gives you, you know, certain rates, certain, mm-hmm. you know, a down payments. So if it's a primary resident, that means you're going to be living there. So if you're still working in Orlando, mm-hmm. how are you going to be living in Texas now? They're moving. A they lot got of a new job. They're a travel nurse, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Travel nurse. like, And those are the reason when they ask questions, if you tell them, hey, I'm a travel nurse, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. hey I'm a truck driver like I'm on the road 24-7 mm-hmm. okay cool so when I say that they ask for letters of explanations mm-hmm. that's you letting them know hey I'm a travel nurse hey I, you know I work from home like yes my job is based in Orlando mm-hmm. but you know my, my HR has written you a letter stating that I can work from anywhere Okay. so you'll turn that in and usually mm-hmm. you're good to go from there but they will want to know you know if you've been living in Orlando you're buying a house in Texas you have a job in Texas, you know, so when they do what's called verification of employment, they'll do that regardless of where you live, what you're buying. Mm-hmm. They will always do verification of employment to make sure you actually are working where you say you work. So they will ask for a VOE from that new job in Texas. They want to talk to the people in Texas. Hey, you know, uh, do they really work here? You know, what's their hourly? It's a form that they fill out. So that'll let them know, okay, she does have a job in Texas. Like, we're good. She's moving yes. to Texas. Sometimes, so, they so I think reach out. They yeah. actually reach out to your your your. Oh yeah, every time, every they time they're going to reach out to the employer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they That's do. It's important to know, guys. Yes, guys, and also <laughs> make sure you get the right lender because people don't yes. shop around enough for lenders. Yeah. And trust me, things can switch in a matter of seconds if you have the right person on your team. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, I know a lot of people when it comes to, you know, apartments and job applications, you're going to put your friend down. (laughs) You know, you're going to list their name and phone number. Guys, that is mortgage fraud. Okay. That is that is punishable by jail, fines, all of the above. That is mortgage fraud, not even jail, prison time. Federal time. So you don't want to do mortgage fraud. And um, even with taxes, a lot of people try to, you know, turn in fake quote-unquote tax returns um these underwriters or these lenders they contact the irs directly and will Mm. request copies of your transcripts so yes they'll look at yours you know up front just to kind of see okay yeah they're good you know or no you know they they made a lot of money but they wrote everything off but they're they're going to find out they're going to find out and yes there are ways around it but that's just really not what you want to do to secure your home thank you for saying that man and also, you mentioned that the person, let, let's say their income is really low, they make 80K, and they want to buy a 500K home, they would need to kind of like get another job, basically. But would they qualify? Would they qualify that income? So, if it is part-time job, 
you have to have been at that part-time job for two years in order for the lender to be able to use that income. Wow. So for those that are like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, get a little job bartending or, you know, after hours on Amazon, whatever the case may be, they can't count that income. Now you can use the money you've made from that job, you know, as part of your down payment. Mm -hmm. But as far as qualifying you for that monthly payment, they can't count that. They will not. So basically, you use that extra um, income to like save money, save money, yeah, yeah, for closing costs or whatnot. Yes, will the will and will that also help you to qualify if you're but putting more money down? Yeah. In a way. If you're putting more money down, yes. Um, but if you know a part time job <laughs> where yeah. you can make a hundred thousand dollars that quick, you let me yeah. know. <laughs> Trust me. I'll be signing up some. very quick. There's Trust some. Me, there's yeah. some. Especially in the tech I'd industry. I love to pay my house off. Um, so that, 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 that's what makes it difficult. You know, it, yeah. it make making that amount of money that's that takes time. That takes time. And then if you had two full time jobs, technically yes. Um, but then again, those are more red flags. They're want, they're going to want to see how long have you been working these two full-time jobs? Is it feasible? You know, you also don't want to get caught up. There were some people mm-hmm. during COVID had two computer screens set up. You don't <laughs> want to tell the lender that because as they're doing their verification of employment and communicating with your HR, you never know who might slip up and say what. Oh, Okay. So, so, you know really? what, let's talk about down payment. Let's talk about down payment and yeah. closing costs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So on FHA loans, FHA loans were made with first time home buyers in mind. Um, mm-hmm. So again, uh, looser restrictions in some parts, looser restrictions um, as far as credit scores, things of that nature. The standard FHA down payment is three and a half percent. Okay, so if you're buying a $100,000 home, that's $3,500 you need for the down payment. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not including closing costs. Mm. So closing costs are lender fees, title fees, taxes to the county, um, you know, upfront HOAs, your insurance premium. When you close on the house, you're paying that full first year's insurance, homeowner's insurance. And then um, as you're making your mortgage payment over the next 12 months, Mm -hmm. your taxes and your insurance will be placed in escrow. So let's say if you're paying, again, $1,000 a month, okay? You may have $200 of that that's going into an escrow account for insurance and $200 going in an escrow account for taxes. Mm -hmm. So that way, once a year rolls around and it's time to pay insurance again, your mortgage company pays insurance on your behalf. Mm. And same thing with the taxes. They will pay the taxes on your behalf. They do that because they cannot trust people Mm. to pay taxes (laughs) and to pay insurance because those are kind of significant numbers. You know, you're looking, you know, twelve, fifteen hundred, maybe even two thousand dollars a year for insurance, Mm. taxes even double that. Um so they pay those things on your behalf. But down payment in closing costs, if you are using an FHA loan, mm-hmm. we typically say it's about 7% of the purchase price is what you'll need to buy the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 3.5% for down payment and then another 3.5% on average for closing costs. Mm-hmm. 7%. All right. Wow. That is so important to know. So what would be like a perfect client? 
pretty much. <laughs> a perfect client. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, you said client, so I'll just say one person. I would say someone that has been in their career for at least two years, mm-hmm. uh, very low car payment. And when I say low, I'm saying maybe 200 Sorry, those car payments are from the devil. Carlos, <laughs> <laughs> <Pay laughs> off, literally. Well, you know what? If we say if we're gonna say perfect client, I would say no car payment. Okay? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna say no, no car, car payment. No car payment. Uh-huh. Okay, they don't have any credit card debt. Yeah. So yes, they still have credit cards and they swipe it, but they pay them off. Awesome. You know, before mm-hmm. the bill cycle hits. Okay. Um, no, no student so- loans. No student that loans, That's or hard. if they do, they have a payment plan. Makes sense, oh. yeah. Okay. What if, you, what if they were never paying it at all? <laughs> Does it still count? If, if you never, if you've never made payment on them, if you're not currently paying them at that time, then the lender will have to use certain percentages of that against you. Mm. Um, it may be half a percent, it may be one percent, it may be two percent that they'll have to use against you towards that monthly debt to income ratio. Mm. Okay. So it's better to have a payment plan. Okay. Sometimes. And this is when it's important once again to speak with the lender. So my lender, for example, uh, when I send people to them to get pre-approved, they're going to look at all their documentation and he's actually going to get on the phone and be like, Hey, okay, we need to do this with your student loans. Like Mm. we need to get on the payment plan because your student loans are too hot. Or he may say, don't worry about a payment plan if you're not paying. Just let them count 1% against you because it's not that much. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to worry about it. Same thing with credit cards. They're going to kind of let you know what you need to do to get in the position that you want to be in. And that's right. the kind of lender that you want to work with. That is right. helping you. Not just telling you, okay, this is what it is. Here you go. Exactly. Like, no, they're going to help you get into the position that you want. They're going to give you that guidance yeah. that you truly need. Okay, so no car payment, Mm -hmm. no credit card debts, you know, student loans got those worked out Mm -hmm. and they know what they want. You have to know what you want and you have to be realistic. Yes, your cousin five, six years ago bought a house in the same neighborhood for three hundred thousand, you know, a a three point five interest rate. That is not today. Now that house is 500,000, you know, six and a half percent interest rate. You're going to be paying a lot more for that house. But I tell people, uh, because a lot of people, and you guys asked earlier about people that were waiting to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, It it all depends on your situation. So if you're living in this city, you know, you're going to be in this city. You're not moving nowhere. You're not going anywhere. If you can afford that monthly payment, that what it will be, if you can afford that comfortably afford that today, Go ahead and buy the house and then just worry about refinancing once rates drop. Mm. Now, don't buy it today if you can't afford it and be like, okay, these rates need to hurry up. Like, we got to come on, you know, da 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 da. Because we don't, we don't know what, what's going to happen in the future. But if you can comfortably afford it today, go ahead and buy the house and then worry about refinancing down the line. I know we're getting a little bit, you know, a lot out of time, but I want you to kind of touch base quickly on refinancing for people who've already purchased a home just a little bit yes. what is it <laughs> and what are the benefits for um from it and then we can kind of sum everything up with the pros and cons of um buying a house in you know i guess yeah the pros and cons of buying a house when yeah. you're ready already. or when you're not ready yeah we can just you can end it with that after the refinancing 
So, so yes. with refinancing, um, one thing people do need to know is that refinancing typically costs money. It is another closing year because you're closing on another loan. Mm-hmm. They're moving out the old loan. You're getting a new loan. So they're not always free. Now, I do expect certain lenders to start rolling out refi programs because there were some years ago where you could refinance for free, you know, because now they got your loan, they're making money off your loan. Okay. So I'm expecting that to roll out in this next couple of months as rates are dropping and more people are refinancing. So I'm kind of like looking in the future, what I think is going to happen. But if it does not happen, refinancing does cost. Also, when you refinance, you have to get pre-approved for this new loan all over again. So it's not just like, hey, I've been making this payments already, you know, and I'm refinancing for a lower payment, like I'm good. No, you have to go through that same process of getting approved for that loan all over again. So you quit that job, bought those cars, you know, <laughs> increase those debts. It may not be an option for you. So that's one thing you want to be cautious of. Um, there's something else that's called recasting. So for some people, let's say if you, you know, get a lawsuit, um, you win $100,000, you want to put it on your house. You can speak to your lender to see if they do what's called recasting. Um, so traditionally, if you were to just take that 100 and apply it to your principal today, your mortgage payment is still going to stay the same. It's, it's just now instead of 30 years, you've probably dropped to, you know, 15 years worth of payments. Um, but if you do what's called recasting, if your lender does it or whoever services your loan does it, then they'll be able to readjust your monthly payment if that's what you're looking to do. Okay, so that's one option um, that you can speak on. Now, also, on um, what we're going to talk about, interest rates buy downs, interest rate buy downs. Uh, a lot of new construction builders are buying down interest rate. I just got a client. Um, I know conventionals are floating around sevens. Now they might be closer to the uh, yeah. mid sixes or somewhere. I, I, I don't keep up until I have to like get a payment written. <laughs> That's when I know where rates are because they change every they change single day. Every, yeah. um, but this particular builder was buying down or is buying down interest rates to a five five for conventional. For FHA, mm-hmm. they're buying down to a four nine. Nice. So the builder is, is paying those costs to buy down an interest rate. But let's say if you were looking at a pre-existing home. You know, you're driving around, see a house in the neighborhood, a pre-existing home. Um, you do have the option to buy down interest rates as well, but they can be costly. Mm-hmm. So right now, how I kind of advise clients is that if you're going new construction and the builder's paying for it, great. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going new construction, I, I can't tell you what to do, but I'll say I would not spend 10000 12000 to buy down an interest rate when we kind of see rates are already coming down anyways. Mm. Okay. Because you're going to pay that money for something that's just going to give you a, I mean, it will give you a long-term benefit. It will. Cause you've got 30 years on that mortgage, mm. but you may have the option to come back refinance down the line at an even lower interest rate because buying down rates are very expensive. They Nothing are. cheap about them. And I do, I heard that. Even though you buy down, you only buy down for the first year. Basically, those are certain types. Those are certain types. They're called like two one buy downs. Um, so again, different options. So those are um, less expensive. 
because oh. they know that you're only buying that rate down. It's only going to last for one year, one maybe year. two years. Also, so maybe like the first type of buy downs, basically. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be, so for that one, the two one buy down is the first year they may give you, let's say a, a, a four nine. The second year they may give you a five nine. Mm. And then after that, the life of the loan, it may be like a six five or something. Yeah. Well, now you've paid all that money and you're stuck at a six five, but rates are now, you know, 5.5. Like exactly. you would have been better off just kind of waiting. So mm-hmm. it is a bit of a gamble because at the same time, rates could shoot back up tomorrow. You know, exactly. maybe we, God forbid, go to war or something and rates shoot up. I don't know what would happen. So it's really, it's literally a gamble. So what's like the other buy down? How does the, the other one work? The other one would be for the life of the loan, but to buy down a full from let's say 7% to 6% is very expensive. So you, if you have to look at it, like, okay, if I'm buying that down and I'm saving $300 a month, and let's say I paid 15,000 to get that rate down to that number. Where's my calculator? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see if we do 15,000 divided by 300, that's 50 payments where you're getting that, uh, or it would it would take fifty payments to recoup that money, mm. versus if you were to potentially wait. Mm. And again, it's a gamble. It's a decision that you have to make and be comfortable with. But if you were to wait for rates to come back down, try to pick up one of those free programs because they're there. I'm pretty sure they're going to come out. Mm. Um, then you would not have spent that fifteen thousand up front. Yeah. On top of your closing costs and your down payment that right. you've already put out for that house. Your whole savings. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Jasmine, <laughs> thank you so my God. This is a lot of information. We, I'm pretty it. sure like you gave us so much. Like I'm so happy we did this because I know a lot of people will benefit because a lot of people have questions and you know there's so much information out there, but still it's like it's when you can find somebody who knows what they're doing and you seem pretty experienced mm-hmm. doing this. We appreciate your time. Um yes. you know, and yes. and you pouring all of that <laughs> to our audience Thank you guys today. for having me. <laughs> well, yeah, but before you here. go, we have just a little game for you, you know, just to Uh-oh. ease us out. <laughs> it's just a this or a dad, but we're going to do yeah. it real estate style. Okay. So it's going to just yes. be you choosing from this or that. Okay. All right? So we'll get some rapid fire questions here at, at you um, whenever you're ready. You ready? Okay. All right. So let's do traditional or modern architecture. Modern. Okay. Suburbs or downtown living? I want to ask one. I guess downtown. Downtown. Okay. Lakeview or pool view? Lakeview. Open concept or defined rooms? Open. Carpet or hardwood? Hardwood. Renovate a kitchen or upgrade the bathroom? (laughs) 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 Bathroom. Okay. (laughs) You feel like you spend more time in the bathroom bathroom. than in the kitchen, (laughs) probably? (laughs) (laughs) As a a somewhat traditional woman. Okay. Okay. You guys um, are funny. A penthouse in or in the city. Okay, a penthouse in the city or a mansion in the country. 
Mansion in the country. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Home office yeah. or commute to work? <laughs> Is that a real question? <laughs> For some people, they would rather commute. We'll take the home office any day. You'll be surprised. People telling me they'd rather be home, but I think those people have kids. I mean, they rather they go rather to work. They rather go yes. to work. Sorry. Now, now yes, those yeah. with children, I I do see those people. They want to get out of the house, yeah, or if they have like, spouses, they're you know not. Yeah, I don't know why I feel like I will still feel like I I rather stay home, but that's me. Then I don't know. Um, DIY staging or professional? You mean DIY staging or professional staging? staging yeah. Professional. Okay, of course. Smart home features or classic charm? Classic charm. New oh. construction or historic oh, historic homes? New construction. Last. Right. Let's do a last one. Real estate investing or flipping housing? Houses. Investing. Investing. And oh. why? <laughs> Tell us why. Do you... I just got done with the flip. Okay. Investing. <laughs> so I, I, my end goal is passive income. Okay. Mm. Passive income where I'm making money while I sleep. That is the end goal. Mm-hmm. When you're flipping a house, you are actively involved. Y'all, these past couple months, I've been tired. Tired. <laughs> nails went done. My hair went done. Bruised wow. up. Tired. Oh, I'll take man. the passive income any day. Any day. You know, that's another podcast for another day because I have a lot of questions for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Ooh. thank you so much again. Um, we are we know that our listener is gonna learn so much from this. Yes. I have so many cousins that are like trying <laughs> to buy a home. Yes. I know where to send them because you're young, beautiful, and you I know you will help them professional and very knowledgeable. Yes. So thank you so much. Um, so now we are off with Obel, Naika, and Jasmine. Bye. Bye. <laughs>